Welcome to episode 83 of the Nutanix Community Podcast with Dwayne Lesnar and Angelo Luciani. Let's get started. This week on the podcast, I continue my talk with NPX Renee Vandenbetum about education and certification. And in this final of four parts, we talk about advanced and expert hands-on lab certifications. These exams typically are more involved and require greater study time. Quick plug here, check out Nutanix.com forward slash certifications for special deals and offers. Let me know on Twitter if we helped encourage you to get a certification this year. So with that, let's join the conversation. Welcome back to part four, Renee. Thanks, Angela. Good to be back. Great. Today, we're going to touch on the more advanced exams. Those exams typically require more time and preparation. And we will cover four high-level areas and then drill down on each. And those four areas are planning, preparation, day of the exam, and if you fail. So let's start with planning. And this is even before you open a book to start studying. What are some of the tips you can share, Renee? Uh, So the first one would be pick a date and pay for the exam so then it's locked in and give yourself uh, obviously two to three weeks of study time uh, to get ready for it uh we all have our favorite test centers so this is particularly true for exams that require you to be on site for a uh an advanced deploy exam i.e you're in a lab you're, you're doing something you're building things so typically you want to be in a test centre that you're familiar with. It's not too far away from where you live. Uh, you know the layout. When you turn up, you're not going to be looking around for half an hour trying to find the elevator and what floor it's on and how do I get in. And it's also good just to get your confidence up to to mix some easy exams with the hard ones that you're planning for. And this mm-hmm. is a great way of building momentum, particularly if it's in the same track. So, for example, if I was doing NCAP, I would make sure I got NCP out of the way, NCSC, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that gives me a good build-up to going for the advanced exam. And the other one is chasing perfect scores. Uh, they don't help you in the real world. Uh, so definitely what you want to be doing is being broad and matching most of the blueprint from a skills area. Uh, and then when you go in, and take the test. If you pass, great. If not, then you give yourself another attempt. So this is particularly true for advanced exams and above where uh, it's a difficult undertaking. So trying to uh, pass the first time and beating yourself up and stressing yourself out if you fail, uh, is it's counterproductive. It doesn't help you with your journey, journey in the long run. Right. And I know you've taken uh, exams at home with this new, with everyone um, sort of being uh, locked, working from home now. Um, are there any tips around that you can share uh, with folks as well? Like, like you know, I think you mentioned in the, in the past about having a clean desk, et cetera. Yeah, so obviously when you're doing remote proctors ex- proctored exams in your home, uh, obviously you want a good internet connection. Uh, you want a clean office. The great thing about testing in your house is obviously you can use your monitor, your computer, uh, your office that you're very comfortable with. Um, And the trick there is just making sure that uh, everything is clean so that you pass the security test. 
at the start of the exam because the remote proctor will actually get you to scan the room, show your ID and all that kind of thing. Um, and if you haven't got yourself ready for that, it can be a little stressful, right? Yeah. Uh, and also when you sign on, you want to be signing on probably 20 minutes before so that you can get through all the all the testing and whatnot. Right. And there's someone actually watching you, correct, when you're writing the exam? Correct. The entire time you're monitored, yes. Right. And is that, uh, I haven't taken one at home yet, but is that is that a little distracting or do you not really notice it or just curious? Uh, the first time you do it, it is a little weird. But once you start the exam and you, you're, uh, you're in the groove, you completely forget about it. Uh, and it's just very, it, it's so much easier than going into a Pearson View or a Prometric Test Center because there you don't have to drive in, you don't have to get out of your car, you know, mm. you know all that stuff is gone. Um, it, it is a much easier way to do things. Uh, the only downside is that some vendors, they currently do not support doing advanced deploy exams from home. You still need to go into a test center. Oh, I um, see. Okay. But, for example, uh, Certified Kubernetes Administrator, they allow remote proctoring, so that's not a problem. So it all depends upon the track that you're that you're going down and the vendor. Right. Okay. So uh, just keep that in mind, everyone. Don't get, don't get uh, sidetracked with um, sort of feeling like someone is watching you as you write the exam. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and the good thing about Nutanix is Nutanix supports everything remotely now. So recently we had our first NPX certified remotely. So that was Arta Krasinski mm. from Nutanix. Uh, so the entire gamut of Nutanix certifications are now supported completely remotely. That's great. In yeah, it is great. Yeah. In terms of preparation, how do you get started and what tools are a must-have so it starts with the blueprint as a study guide. So what I like to do is take the blueprint, put that into an Excel spreadsheet, and then work out for each blueprint area what do I need to do to upskill for those uh, uh, those technology points, whatever they may be. Then I need a lab. I need to set up the lab for the correct version of whatever I'm being tested against. Uh and obviously, all of the resources that you have that are helping you to prepare using the lab and using the study guide, uh, there's going to be books that you can buy, there's blogs, there's paid and unpaid courses that you can use mm. that are uh, typically instructor-led, that's typically paid, mm. and then online courses tend to be a lower cost or free uh, as part of your upskilling effort. Uh, Nutanix.next, some of the sessions, depending upon where you are in the Nutanix ecosystem, whether you're a customer, a partner, or an employee, you can get some access to the Nutanix.next sessions, which also help with, with upskilling. And then, of course, you've got some community content like podcasts and uh, blogs, which I mentioned earlier, mm. uh, which are a great way to upskill. And then you've got all of the vendor documentation. So that's the white papers, reference architectures, best practice guides, which Nutanix does a really well, uh, really good job of, of doing mm. and documenting. Mm. And then at the end of it all, when you're learning, and this is a typical skill or this is a good skill to develop, is whatever you're learning, try and explain it to someone else. Mm. Uh, and one way of doing that is if you're mentoring someone or 
just writing blog posts or recording podcasts or whatever and explain the topic and just the fact that you're trying to explain it and conceptualize it is a great way to demonstrate mastery and get it uh, straight in your mind. Yeah, that piece about, um, uh, let's call it learning in public, um, writing a blog post or doing a YouTube video, I think is super important because the great thing about that is you'll get community feedback, right? Where someone might come back and say, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that, that's one way of doing it. You could also do it this way, or maybe, oh, you missed, you, you might have forgotten this point or that. So that's really yeah. a great way. Don't look at it as you necessarily need to write a piece of content that's a hundred percent correct, right? Somebody will come in in the comments and help, um, help shape it. Absolutely. And the other way is obviously uh, if you've got like-minded individuals, particularly through community, then join a study group. Uh, and I would say one thing about study groups is make sure that you're partnering with people who are on the same schedule as you. Right. Because there's nothing more annoying than creating a study group and someone's in there who's planning on doing that in a year's time. Mm. Right. So it doesn't really help a lot. Right. And uh, hands-on labs are good. Test drive environments are great. Uh, home labs uh, are good too. Uh, dev environments at your, your uh, workplace help as you study through uh, the blueprint. Okay. The day is here. It's the day of the exam and I'm sure lots of things are going through your mind. Are there any activities you need to check before you start like a pilot going through a checklist and also when you're writing the exam? Absolutely. So the night before, it's a good idea to get a, a good night of sleep. So go to bed at your normal time, wake up in the morning, go through your normal routine. Uh, you should have scheduled your exam for the time that you're normally the most productive. So if you're a morning person, schedule it in the morning. If it's the afternoon, do it in the afternoon. And then once you get to the exam, you'll be going through the check-in process. And I'm talking about uh, uh, testing on-site at a Pearson View or a Prometric Centre. Uh, so you would have given yourself enough time to travel, et cetera, to get in uh, with enough time before the exam starts. They typically offer you a pen and paper uh, for making notes and whatnot during the exam, if there's any calculations or, or whatnot. Uh, and I would always advise you to accept that. And the reason for that is it's a great way to track where you're at through the uh, as you're going through the exam. So let's say it's got 20 questions, uh, and this is for a lab-based exam. Um, it's good to write all the questions down, so 1 to 20, and then cross them off as you go through. And if there are any questions that you're having trouble with, you can make a short note about the context of the question. Uh, and then you can always double back to it if you've got time. With advanced exams, typically time management is the, is, is the biggest thing. Mm. Uh, and even though for lab-based exams, they have all of the vendor documentation available, it should certainly not be a part of your strategy that you're going to be going through the documentation to try and figure out how you're going to answer each of the questions, right? How are you going to do that work and implementation work? You just don't have enough time. Right. And I'm sure when you've done advanced exams in the part in the past, Angelo, you would have uh, you would have felt that. You know, you're really under the pump. 
Yeah, I um I, I got caught in in sort of that uh cycle where I was leveraging some of the PDFs that were available and I yeah. felt like it was taking away a lot of time from me because I was trying to search for particular particular topics and, and things. But yeah, that that's a that can be I'm not gonna call it a trap, but that can be a time consumer uh for you. Yeah, it's the rabbit hole. So you definitely want to avoid going down the rabbit hole. So typically what I do is I like to look at all of the questions, just an idea of, of what they're asking for, because some of them are prerequisites to later questions that you need to have configured for a later question to actually work, to be able to, to get that functioning. Um, so once I understand that 40,000 foot view, I will go out and knock out the questions I know uh, I can definitely do. Uh, and then the plan is once you've gone through, done your first sweep, you've got everything done that you can do as quickly as possible, then you can start circling back to some of the questions that are maybe um, uh, a more um, medium level of effort, right, where you might need to look at some documentation or you may need to look through the UI to work out what's going on mm -hmm. and what you need to do. And then there will be the third level of questions which you have no idea how to do. It's just too complicated, too difficult, it's completely out of your skill set. Mm -hmm. And they're the ones that you would leave until completely last or even skip because mm -hmm. uh, you're probably going to run out of time anyway. Yeah, that's where it's... it's um... It's good to keep an eye on the clock as you're uh, going through the, through the exam. Um, and I know sometimes latency can, um, can be an, an issue or kind of frustrate you. There might be a delay, uh, in, yeah. you know, from the time you, you enter a command to the time it's executed. So, you know, any, any, uh, thoughts around that? Very common. Uh, particularly at those test centers that may not be in the United States, they may be in other parts of the world, and maybe the internet connectivity to that country is not so good. Right. Uh, so there, there are some strategies around uh, slow labs, and that is when you use the user interface and when you're typing, you type more slowly uh, and you don't overclick. Mm. Uh, you click, wait for the response, do what you need to do, and then move on to the next part of the task. Uh, you can also have multiple browser tabs open if the lab is particularly slow. And what that allows you to do is to do multiple questions in parallel. Uh, it's a little bit of a juggling act, but if that's all you've got available at the test center, uh, then that's what you need to do. Um, and obviously you're not gonna get an amazing score, right? You, yeah. Hopefully you're just going to pass, but if it's a requirement, let's say, for um, uh, your job as a, at a partner uh, or it's on the stepping stone to maybe going for the expert level or master level certs and it's just a, a tick box, like you said, in your journey, then who cares? You know, you just need to get it done and, and keep on moving on with your journey. Right. Sometimes the delivery of the exam uh, fails or something goes wrong. And it's important for you, and this is across the board uh, um, in terms of uh, taking exams anywhere. But if that does happen, it's 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 important to notify the uh, exam center. Yeah, so it's actually a common mistake. You will have a problem with your exam, and you'll be there trying to troubleshoot it and trying to work around it, which is a, a rookie mistake. 
what you want to do immediately is talk to the exam proctor of the of the of the test center whether it's remote online or in the test center there's always a proctor who's watching and immediately say hey here's the problem that i'm seeing demonstrate that to them and then they'll go ahead and open a ticket and start the back end process for for resolving the issue right T- typically when you have these problems particularly for lab based exams advanced administrator exams as soon as that happens you pretty you, you're not really going to get back and what will happen is they will give you a new voucher or they will give you a refund for that test attempt and then you'll have to reschedule it and come in at a later time but definitely the mistake is if you try and work around it or work through it it's probably not going to be good for you right. you're probably going to fail and then you won't get that refund yeah and sometimes we come up short uh when writing exams and what what do you do if you fail renee so first thing is it's not the end of the world uh we're all human we all fail at things uh and the thing that you want to do is look at okay the result that i got where did i go wrong uh and the good thing about most of the exams that we have in IT is you get a scorecard and in that scorecard they have the areas of the blueprint where you did not pass so that becomes your study guide for the next attempt so you go through the blueprint look at the failed blueprint areas uh and then go through and 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 upskill to fill those gaps mm-hmm. and typically if you follow a two attempt methodology the second time you take that exam you're 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 pro- you're likely going to pass mm-hmm. right because um with it's like a devops methodology you rapidly prepare, you rapidly fail, and then you rapidly pass. Uh, and it's just a matter of making sure that those blue, blueprint areas that you were weak, that you can upskill quickly and go ahead and, and take the uh, second attempt and pass. And if you do fail, there is a, I think it could be seven, 14 days between the time you can uh, have, have your reschedule. Is that, is that correct? Yes, depends upon the vendor and the certification program that they have. And it is not uncommon to have a seven to a 10 day window before you can reattempt that exam. Right. And it gives you some breathing room and uh, time to sort of review all your notes rather than just rushing into it. So yeah, I, that, that's, that's great. So Renee, thank you for spending the time with me and putting together this four part series on education and certification. I know the community has really appreciated your tips and insights into how to tackle uh, certification. Thanks. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to check out all the great content on the Nutanix community at next.nutanix.com. There you'll find our community blog, updates on Nutanix user groups, and of course, Nutanix certification and education information. So with that, from your friends here at Nutanix, have a great week.